all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. And we're back on Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio. I am Dr. Allie Brown. Today we are talking about yoga, all the benefits of yoga. Um, I think next month is actually uh, Yoga Awareness Month or something like that. We're getting it in early here with uh, our local expert, Tara Blumenthal of Tara Yoga here in uh, Jackson. Or is your studio technically in Ridgeland? Is it in Jackson? Technically it's Fluid. Oh, Fluid, yeah, yeah. because it's, it's, uh, it's on Lakeland, just a little bit down past the, uh, the Jackson perimeter. But... Uh, a local gal, nonetheless. We have our phone lines totally open right now. If you have any questions or comments about yoga, the benefits of yoga, are there rumors you've heard and that we need to help you to dispel, call us at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or one eight seven seven MPB ring. Well, hello there, hello. Ms. Terry Yoga herself. It's great to be here. It's Thanks good to for see you. Always great to see you. Uh, if you would, go ahead and tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself, sure. about um, where you're from, and what kind of brought you to this uh, journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, originally, I am from Rankin County. I do live in Jackson, uh, so I, I kind of spread my, my roots out a little bit everywhere. <laughs> to the neighboring uh, county. Yeah, yeah, to the neighboring counties. Our, our studio is in Fluid, conveniently located um, near Primo's. Okay. So there's always that. It's never a bad thing. Um, I started doing yoga. I've actually been, gosh, that's where the gray hair comes from, right? <laughs> 15 years of practice and study. Uh, I got really, really lucky um, when I first started practicing that um, I was actually afraid I was going to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't move like everybody else in the room. Actually, everybody was more flexible and way stronger than I was when I started. So I just kind of proceeded with caution. And I realized that like, the the most fascinating thing about being a practitioner and a studier is that people's body mechanics are so different. We all move so differently. And so And that's not bad. No, it's actually right. <laughs> it's actually normal. Right. And um so, you know, but the the great benefit that I found probably within the first year of practicing steadily was um my stress level went down. Um I, my residual back pain had almost completely diminished and um my husband was like, you're so much nicer after yoga <laughs> classes. You should go back. Always a plus. Husbands, I'm telling you, send your wives to yoga and she'll come back in a better mood. <laughs> so that was kind of my initial start. I didn't realize when um, I fell in love with the practice about what it did for me. I wanted to give that to people. And I thought, if my body, if I can do yoga with my weird body type put together, um, I have a lot of hypermobility, which a lot of people don't know what that is or don't understand it. But I thought if I can do it, then anybody can do it. So I really wanted to offer that. I wanted to learn how to teach and give that back. Uh, Fifteen years later, uh, you are six thousand <laughs> teaching hours later. I counted those up the other day, and I was like, "Wow, 
awesome. This has been a long, a long trip, but it's wonderful. And I think the thing I love doing most is educating people and empowering people, mm-hmm. like breaking the myths about what everybody sees on Instagram and Facebook. There's a lot of really bad videos out there on movement. So I just caution people. And I think you would probably too, as a doctor, like be thoughtful, be cautious with what you buy into and mm-hmm. then like know what you're, you're getting into if, if it's tested. So the method that we just launched is tested over time, not just on public classes with a mixed bag of people with different strengths and weaknesses, but also um, with one-on-one clients. A lot of times they were my leaders and my teachers. They inform me about mobility and everything. So it's really a blessing to be this far down the path and still passionate about it and still love it. Well, I think the listeners can hear the passion in your voice. And I think that they can also uh, get the gist of the fact that this is a complex practice and that it matters to go to someone who is experienced, who knows how to deal uh, with all the different body types you're talking about and different issues. Uh, you said a few things just now that really stood out to me. First of all, you talked about easing chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned flexibility and you mentioned strength. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to give the number out real fast, but I want to touch on some of those points because those really, really stood out. And also about the misperceptions of who yoga is for. Maybe that should be the first thing we discuss. The number is 1-877-672-7464 or 1-877-MPB-RING. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. So let's maybe first things first. You talked about Instagram, you know, the the holy grail of what everybody, everybody's highlight reel so if I look at Instagram, the people who do yoga are really cute women that are younger than me, you know, like in their early you know, 30s and then their 20s and stuff. They're super fit. Yes. They're dressed real cute. Mm-hmm. They're, they're flexible. Like if I let the social media inform me, this is who does yoga. And if I'm not that person, then mm-hmm. it's not for me. Right. So is that true? Yeah, most people would not ever try yoga. And actually, that's what I spent a lot of time as a business owner on the phone via email, dispelling myths for people who really thought they could benefit, but they didn't think they fit the mold. And so you're right. Um, what the media projects and then what people also project on their own, because they think that's what it's supposed to look like is, you know, um, let's say between 20 and 30, um, skinny and white. Mm-hmm. And I've been working for, and, and women also, and I've been working for a long time to break that stereotype. Um, the, actually, the first people to, to introduce yoga were, were men, strangely enough. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, in a land far, far away, um, women couldn't actually attend um, classes with men when they were on their cycle. Can we say that on the air? Because oh, it's did. a women's health okay. show. We talk all okay. about <laughs> the cycle and all these things. So yeah, it was kind sure. of an interesting thing. And obviously, yoga's come a long way since then. Um, there are actually practices that you can do when you're on your cycle that are better for you. Um, but to go back to your original question, um, you look at somebody's body type and you think, oh, they'd be great at yoga. And mm-hmm. if you look at somebody and they move and you think, wow, in your mind, they look flexible to you. They're probably the worst candidate for yoga in the world. Well, why is that? Because um, one thing that I've been doing a lot of research on lately is hypermobility. And what what we don't get diagnosed with is um, hypermobility syndrome. So it, what is that? What is hypermobility? It oftentimes gets overlooked. So there's a kind of a five-point test that you can um to check with um, knees, um, with back, 
uh, thumbs and elbow joints, interestingly enough, and fingers to see if the joints are actually too mobile. When the joint's too mobile, there's not enough stability. So what happens with the people that are actually really attracted to yoga is more of them probably are hypermobile, which means they're going in and doing less good. And I've been preaching this for a long time, but I haven't really had people take note until I explain to them, I guess more scientifically, when you overstretch and you're already hypermobile, which means your joint gives you more permission than it should give you, then you're not doing yourself any good. You're actually moving into tendons and ligaments, which those don't uh, respond like muscles, right? So in that situation, we end up with, I mean, it doesn't usually happen in a class. Like people don't usually go, oh, I, I hurt myself my first yoga class. It can mm -hmm. happen, but it's more wear and tear on the um, joint ligament tendon over time. And then what you end up having is someone who's got this yoga injury. And that's not what we want. We want the opposite. But Instagram is harder, better, faster. Right. Right. The, it's almost like the adrenaline junkies got a hold of yoga and they said, we're going to we're going to filter this through our filter, which needs the opposite needs to happen. Uh, they need to come through our filter and they they gosh, I love cardio stuff. I mean, we we bike, we do all kinds of cardio based stuff. But I definitely think there's a place and time for all of us to be able to flip that switch and slow down. Our nervous system responds really well to that. So yeah, just um, because you're not. Uh, huffing and puffing and working up this huge sweat doesn't mean you're not working your body right? Right. and your mind. Yeah, sweat's another another misconception that if you're not sweating, you're not doing what mm -hmm. you need to do. You actually can't detox your, your body in an hour-long yoga class. It's just not, not possible. You're going to lose a lot of fluids, right? But you may also lose stuff that you needed. So um, we, we definitely promote sweat if you're a body type sweater but not everybody is oh, lord i am unfortunately um i know me too girl but however <laughs> we, super sweater. we do have classes that um that accommodate people with autoimmune um, issues specifically like if you think of ms like people with ms when they get um, overheated it actually exacerbates their symptoms so they would need that would like an overheated yoga class would be the last thing they need so we promote building heat naturally we don't necessarily turn on the air and blast you. It's not like right. going to the gym in and hitting a, the fan an on. But at the same time, we want the heat to be built naturally, not walking into, you know, an oven or, or cooker machine. Because warm muscles stretch more easily. I mean, if you just yeah. walk in cold, right? So and, do the tendons, though. Mm -hmm. And so if you build the heat naturally, you're more oh, likely to kind of give yourself a, a healthy boundary as opposed to let's overheat, make ourselves feel like taffy, and then... We bypass the muscle. Be unstable. Yeah, hit the ligaments and tendons, and then we're like, oh, I can't do yoga anymore. So mm -hmm. that may be a lot of information. but Well, this, I think unpackaging it, we're about to go to our first break, but unpackaging this, you know, I think the big message here is that you don't have to be baseline, super flexible to start doing the practice of yoga. Right. In fact... Super flexible people need to be very careful about the movements that they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, so just because you can flip into that back bend or whatever doesn't yeah. mean maybe that you're the best candidate um, to be actually doing that. They actually need my stability classes. Yeah. They, so a lot of times when I see that, I'll say, hey, this is a this is an, an you know, you never want to you're not bad. Like we think this part of me doesn't work. So this part of me is bad. And that's not a philosophy to keep. But if there's an area for weakness, can we make it stronger? Absolutely. Is there an area for growth? And so it so, doesn't happen on its own. That's yeah, for sure. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's I think everybody is kind of trying to find the balance for them. And the good news is the way that we've styled this, it's not a one size fits all. 
So you get to come in where you are with your issues and we meet you there. And then we take you and cautiously make you stronger and more mobile and more functional. Well, what a great, what a great thing to do for yourself. So going into our first break, if you have any questions or comments about the practice of yoga, about um, Tara's practice, Tara Yoga, um, just give us a call. Um, maybe you have a story about how yoga has benefited you. Maybe you're not the typical um, Instagram model of yoga and you want to um, share this information with the listeners at home to maybe inspire someone to to try this practice. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Our phone lines are wide open. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. And we are back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a surgical pathologist, and I'm just so glad to be with you all today in the listening audience. Um, It's a beautiful Friday, nice and warm, the Friday before school starts for many of our kids, and uh, it's sort of the last hurrah. So if you're out there um, enjoying the end of the the summer break. More power to you. Have a great weekend. I'm here today with uh, someone who provides a lot of enjoyment uh, to folks here in the in the Jackson metro area, Tara Blumenthal from Tara Yoga. And I say that because um, doing any sort of group fitness, um, self-care uh, opportunity is really great. You know, you really have uh, an hour or however long the class is just to focus on you and to turn off the stresses that are living outside the doors of the studio. Um, <laughs> and uh, just to say to all the listeners out there, you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve this. Yeah. You um, are a better uh, parent, wife, sister, friend, whatever, if you take time for yourself. I think so many people say, oh, I just don't have an hour to mm-hmm. to devote to that. But I, I urge everyone out there to at least try to spend time for yourselves um, Every day, if you can, or several times a week, we do waste a lot of time. I know I do doing kind of stupid stuff like flipping <laughs> through the phone and things like that. And uh, it just it's so great to be able to um, spend time for yourself and taking a class like a yoga class. Uh, it's great because it starts at a certain time. You know, you have to be there and you can schedule it into your day, which makes you more likely to do it. So I encourage everyone, uh, new folks, do you give like a free first trial or yeah. how do you do this? How we does it sure work? Do. If someone's interested and says, this sounds interesting to me, it's not just for skinny 20-year-old white women. Um, I don't have to be super flexible. In fact, maybe it's better that I'm not. 
how do how do I overcome that first barrier, which is often the strongest, right? Right, right for sure. How do I step over that first barrier and try it for the first time? Before you answer, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four one eight seven seven MPB ring. Do you have any stories to share about perhaps your yoga practice that would help our listeners, uh, perhaps? Uh, get over this initial hurdle yeah. of deciding that this is something that might benefit them. It probably it will benefit probably most people, right? So, yeah. so how, how do they get started? If someone's interested in this, but maybe a little bit intimidated, how sure. would they Absolutely. go forward? Well, we do offer first class free. So that's kind of a nice thing. So to the say. financial intimidation is yeah, out there. Yeah, financial intimidation. Mm-hmm. You can try it. Um, I think one thing that we do differently, I remember when I first started yoga, I was like, wow, you know what? This is going to be something that I might like, and then what if I can't continue to afford it? So I think it's really important for um, listeners out there to know that I'm I'm just like them. A lot of times you'll see somebody who's like a yoga teacher, and you're like, oh, they must not have stress. And I was like, no, I have a studio. We have um, a lot of bathrooms to tend to and an AC unit. You know, I mean, all of the little things that you would think that create stress, I still have that. So you're not going to a small business is no yeah. uh, small feat. So you're not going to get to a place uh, where you practice yoga and you're free from stress like that. That place doesn't exist, but it's more about being able to, to handle it. And so the financial stress of the first uh, class is gone. Um, we also offer um, no joining fees. So there's not a buy in. There's not like you have Commitment. to pay a monthly fee. No, yeah. it really is user functional friendly. So if you buy a class package, like a package of 12 classes or even six, those don't expire. We've actually had friends that moved to Colorado for a year, came back, and they still had some classes left when they got back to use. I don't know of any other facility that does that. I don't want to penalize people for life. You get in a a car wreck or you have a grandbaby or whatever happens. And you come back and you're like, my intentions were really good, but something happened. Well, now you really don't have an excuse. That's excellent. (laughs) But um, as far as jumping in, the important thing for everybody to remember is that They are unique and individual, and we respect that. And so if people want to um, ask me questions, like specifically about their um, their body, their medical history, I'm actually happy to make, um, you know, a five minute consult on the phone, 10 minutes if it's really complicated, Um, even interact by email if their work doesn't allow them to be on the phone, just to kind of guide them into the right class. Because you have lots of different options, correct? Yeah. Like if you have... um, a specific diagnosis pain, even if it's an old, like a lot of people think, well, I have a disc injury. It's old. It doesn't bother me anymore. So I'm okay. We really want to caution movement with anything that's spinal related, like super cautious. So I'm happy to guide them into classes that are going to be um, less strenuous and, and um, less risky. And then for relatively healthy people that have basic muscular stuff, like aches and pains from a muscle perspective, or even we have a lot of athletes that train really hard and they need to uh, dial it down to the opposite and do just more functional movement. Um, I, I suggest running across the gamut of the schedule because we actually are not just a yoga studio. We actually have, um, they're called FM fit classes now, functional fit classes. And those will um, definitely make you sweat if you're a cardio junkie. Get your heart rate up. And there's still a barefoot workout in the studio, but um, it's getting more of a strength building aspect to the arms, abs, and legs that are just a slight take away from yoga. So it's going to be, it usually attracts the people that have a hard time at first coming in and being like super still and quiet. Although that's really not what we do anyway until Mm -hmm. the end. Like everything is more movement based. So um, I encourage people to like, don't feel uh, guilty reaching out my email 
Tara at Tara-Yoga.net. Feel free to send an email with a phone number and a good time to talk. We can yeah, talk about Google the studio, Tara yeah. Yoga, and uh, get a custom-made plan. It's for everybody. We're going to go to the phone lines. Janice is calling us from Jackson. Hey, Janice. Hey. Thanks for calling. What's your question or comment? Well, oh, I'm just calling an endorsement of yoga. I'm 67, uh, a little bit overweight. I had scoliosis uh, that was uncorrected. And uh, I still do yoga. It makes me feel good. If I go to a yoga class, um, I leave class feeling taller. I may not be any taller, but I feel taller. Um, I had plantar fasciitis, and yoga helped me a lot with that. I don't suffer from that anymore. Um, and, and I try to do yoga at my house at least 30 minutes, four times a week. So that's my endorsement comment. Thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, I mean, so when you think about a lot of folks who exercise regularly, they complain that it causes aches and pains. What Janice is telling us is that actually doing this type of exercise is making her aches and pains better in a varied number. Scoliosis, plantar fasciitis. Anyone who's had plantar fasciitis knows that's a big pain. So painful. Literally a pain in the foot, Mm -hmm. not in the butt. Um, So... um, what, what do you have to say? And Janice is 67. She yeah. very uh, proudly proclaimed, which is good. And um, so you know, we actually have go. a class that, that accommodates a lot of, of issues. Um, it's called FM Yoga Gentle. And um, don't let the gentle fool you because the folks in there, I think the base age would be over 50. Um, these people are amazing. They're rock stars. Um, you'll see somebody that looks relatively healthy, like they don't necessarily need any help. But um, what we don't see oftentimes with people is we don't see the the pain that people are in. Like we don't walk around with a sign that says, you know, like for me, I have scoliosis, um, former head injury, um, cervical disc out. I'm hypermobile. I have a terrible family history. We don't walk around advertising that. And so if you look at somebody who looks the part or looks healthy, we oftentimes disregard the fact that they may be in pain and it could be structural, it could be muscular. And so it's really important that we recognize like whatever it is that you're dealing with, um, if it if it can be addressed, we want to help you do that. But we really do promote safety. So with plantar fasciitis, it would be really challenging during flare-ups to come into a regular um, FM yoga class or even yoga one class because we are on our feet a lot. So it would be good to do the FM gentle or even get a private lesson with um, either me or Katie Taylor. I don't know. um, A lot of you guys out there know her. She's an amazing yoga teacher, but she's also a doctor. And so it's really great to have um, somebody on staff like that who uh, understands um, anatomy. So we we have this great, awesome, I think, product with yoga. But the more it gets watered down and lost in translation, and, and unfortunately, the more popular that yoga gets, the more cautious we have to be with how we present it. And so um, I think I was talking to you about this during the break. Like we don't allow um, headstand practice, um, shoulder stand, uh, plow pose. Those are really, really dangerous poses. They put a lot of pressure on the cervical spine. And they look cool, but guys, no one's going to make you do a headstand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I've actually gotten um, some backlash from people who wanted to go rogue in a class and pop up. And I was like, this is a liability issue for me. And also it's a safety issue for everybody else who may see you and say, oh, I want to try that. Mm-hmm. And so we just we just want to educate people on basic anatomy, like, you know, know what your body can do. 
know what the healthy range of motion is. And then if you go too far, know what those, you know, there's a, so much power in boundaries. We talked about self-care earlier, you know, like taking time for yourself. That one hour or two hours that you give yourself a week could be a game changer in how you uh, interact with your spouse or your kids because summertime is real. It's not easier. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think for a lot of parents, uh-huh. I think summertime is harder. And so pouring back into yourself is really, really important. And when you do that, it actually benefits everybody. So for the moms that are like, I feel so guilty leaving my kids for an hour, it's, it's a time for them to recharge so they can be better for their kids and be stronger, more fun, more um, able to get up and down from the floor even. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where we are. Um, in our approach to yoga and movement these days. That's awesome. Thanks for your comments, Janice. The number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or one eight seven seven MPB ring. You can also email us at women at mpbonline dot org. Uh, you're talking about getting up and down off the floor. The F more for functional than flexibility. I like that. I think a lot of I see a lot of people, you know, I teach group fitness too, but even just walking around, you know, at work or, you know, around town. And I think it's just such a slow decline kind of. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, I mean, a lot of people, they can't even get up and down off the floor safely. I mean, it's, it's amazing really. And if you, if you, if you think about it, and we're not talking about doing a burpee or anything crazy, but you know, if you're out there, you know, and listening to this show, you have one body, yeah. right? And yeah. one life and, uh, depending on what you believe, but, um, being able to just have a functional status that allows you to live your life the most effectively talk about right. what you just said really struck me about getting on the floor to play with your children. I mean, that hour, maybe you spend away from your kids will help you have a higher quality of time with them. Um, I see a lot of young folks walking around who are overweight, um, who just look inactive. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad, frankly, especially when they're young, you know, when yeah. they're like younger than me. I'm like, oh, goodness. So I just want to share with everyone that this is a, a great practice to start. Um, we all have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And whenever you go to any kind of class, a yoga class, a spin class, whatever, one thing that we all have in common in that room is that everyone had their first time. Yes. Yes. So um, I don't want folks to be intimidated. We're going to stay on the phone lines and go to Jeff, who's calling us from Byram. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Um, just had a quick question. I think it's a quick question. I've got a uh, 16-year-old daughter who has um, uh, scoliosis. It's, it's beyond mild, and she's had some trouble in the past with uh, back issues sometimes mild, sometimes more severe. Um, I've had her in the chiropractor for a while, which did do some good. Um, But I'm always looking for alternative methods of keeping her regulated, especially with the school year starting again and long hours of sitting and hard desks and stuff. I I don't want to have flare-ups during the school year. Um, So just want to hear your opinion on on the benefits of yoga for that and... and, um, what approach I might take with that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jeff, for the call. Um, I always like to answer these kinds of questions with the disclaimer that I am not a doctor or a PT. Um, I do know some great doctors and PTs that we, we work alongside with, but I will tell you from a yoga perspective and also a personal perspective, um, I too had scoliosis. I wasn't diagnosed early on 
Um, my guess is that my weakness in my body and carrying a really heavy backpack only on my right side probably um, created more of a, of a functional scoliosis as opposed to something that I was actually born with. However, um, it is still very, very painful. Um, so I know, kind of know where, where she's coming from. One of the things that um, she would want to do is start off with basic yoga classes, classes that are beginner friendly, things that aren't going to be um, too stressful. And it also might be worth it to, to see if she has um, too much mobility in her other joints. Cause sometimes not all the time, but sometimes those two can go hand in hand. So it would just be important that she doesn't get into a yoga program that over emphasizes let's be as flexible as we can be. Cause that can actually be detrimental. Um, especially as she's growing and she's 16. Um, but, uh, a yoga, a yoga practice that's basic for, um, stability and strength building, would be really great for her and also just to, get, to give her permission to kind of do something that's active that is slow enough so she can balance out the discrepancies in her body. Um, please let her know that she's not alone. There are a lot of people that have scoliosis um, in, in all varying degrees. So she wouldn't be um, probably even in a yoga class, she wouldn't be the only one in there uh, with scoliosis. But I do see more and more calls from parents, especially your age, uh, your age, your daughter, that um, not only do their kids have some kind of physical pain from long hours at the desk and schoolwork, but they also have a lot more stress. Uh, academics were not as intense when I was younger, so I sympathize with with you guys that have the younger ones right now. Um, mine, mine's twenty one, so we're still in academics, but it's a whole different level. Yeah. So um, does that help a little bit, Jeff? That, that does. Um, uh, I, someone else had mentioned that. And the reason why I called is I heard you say that you had scoliosis. So I said, let me stop and call and, and, and get a personal perspective of the whole thing. Um, one more question along those lines is uh, what, what typically what frequency would the classes take place? I mean, is this a weekly thing or multiple times a week or how, how does that work? You know, we have a really great policy where you come when it, it's convenient for you. Um, obviously, if you're trying to make um, a bigger change, it, it depends on your time frame and your schedule. Um, we do have a lot of night classes, too, in particular, that would probably be great for her. So once or twice a week for somebody that's new to the practice who's also really busy, we recommend not over committing to any any exercise regimen because then you're kind of setting yourself up to fail. But um, even from once a week practice, that's how I started. And I could tell a huge difference. And honestly, if I could have done two, I would have because I couldn't wait for that time to come around to be in yoga class the next time. So one or two classes a week starting out is great. And if she likes it, it can be her primary form of activity and movement because we have different classes. So she could benefit from trying out a number of different classes, of course, working around what she's got going on with the scoliosis. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your help and insight. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for your your question, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Staying on the phone lines, we're going to go to Heather, who's calling in from Fluid. Hey, Heather. Hi. What's your question or comment? Um, Yeah, this is more of a comment, I guess. I know on the show we talk, or you guys talk a lot about mental health and things that can be done to improve mental health. Um, And one of the things that has been most helpful for me is uh, yin-style yoga. 
Yin style is long holding yoga, so you're in poses that might, you know, feel a little bit intense if you're holding them for long periods, but then you kind of learn to calm yourself down in that intensity. It's been a really good tool in my toolbox for just general anxiety. I have an anxiety disorder, and so learning that on the map on the mat during movement has been really helpful to me off the mat just in life you know when things feel intense I can go back to that training and you know go back to what I've learned and use that to calm myself down so if people out there listening to the show have anxiety you know maybe check out Yen Style um, there are lots of YouTube videos that you can find online if you don't you know want to go to a studio Terra Studio is great I have been there um, but Yes, that was just my comment. Yen is a really good style for people with anxiety. Well, thanks for calling in, Heather. Yeah, I would think that yoga of really any practice would be good for um, anxiety just because of the mindfulness component, the, the focus and things like that. So I'm sure you have some folks yeah. that are struggling with anxiety or um, well, every, we all have stresses in yes. our lives. Yes. But uh, how does yoga help with that? Um, I don't think anybody, I, I've never had a class where, where someone said they didn't have any stress. Actually, I take that back. I had one gentleman who was a veteran and he was in his seventies and he said the only thing that stressed him out was his crabgrass in his yard because he couldn't get rid of it. Oh, well, good for him. A rarity, obviously. A, veteran, a rarity. Yeah. Um, no, but I think that, um, I think what we, we forget about yoga and again, when the, um, fads and everything come in, they kind of put all these boundaries about around yoga and they change it. But Ideally, yoga was meant to be practiced actually slowly. So I think yin may have come from some something like that. But the idea is when you come in and you move in the in our yoga one classes, they're actually um, longer longer holes so you can organize your body, your bones, your your spine, like so that we can actually get more benefit from the pose. The faster that you move in and out of pose, the less benefit you're going to get from it. You can still get cardio moving slowly and building up a burn, especially if you can get your muscles to engage. Um, I think the benefit, like um, maybe what uh, I think what Heather's kind of attributing to is like the slowness is actually getting to slow down. You unplug, no cell phone. So anytime you're you're coming in and doing a practice like that, you're going to get some benefit of the de-stress. I think that for people that have really, really high levels of stress, then um, a slower practice is great. Even our slow flow practices, though, give people a chance to move with their breath without overdoing it. I do recommend um, learning better body mechanics before hitting the slow flow classes. Um, yin probably mimics more restorative, which is a classical style of yoga. Um, a lot of people don't like restorative because they're like, I'm not doing anything. Mm. Basically, in restorative, we have one of those classes um, actually coming up this Sunday. It's once a month, but you would be on the floor supported by pillows without any muscle engagement, which is great as long as you're in a positional spot to be supported that way. So the idea is to let the nervous system come to a place of calm. And it takes a while. It takes sure time. Does. Sure does. Um, sometimes the, the you know gentle, relaxing music can help with that. Um Restorative isn't for everybody. And I think with yin, I, I think that I would say I'm, I love that you're being able to get that um, benefit from it, the de-stress and everything. I would say also just be cautious with holding the poses. Um, I don't know enough about it to speak educate, educatedly on. But um, what I do know from my uh, friends that practice it is just be cautious if you have any joint instability, SI issues, low back issues, because it could be relaxing you but we want to also still be mindful that the um, joints and everything are being kept intact 
and yeah, safe. So that's, that's a great. But take that's with on. any practice, right? That's Absolutely. with everything. Proceed with caution. Yeah, <laughs> watch but out I, for those YouTube videos now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, don't Google. Yeah. I, in in general, um, somebody will come in and they'll say, "I've been doing yoga at home for a year," and uh, you can develop a lot of bad. Um, repetitive motion habits that way. Yeah, it's hard to unlearn muscle memory, isn't it? Amen, sister. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I, I have no problem saying that I learned some some really not great body mechanics yeah. in the beginning with yoga, which is kind of one of the reasons I'm so protective and cautious. Um, we train our teachers well, and they go through a pretty vigorous mentoring even after they get certified. Because after people are trained, nobody's watching them. Like, right. Mostly. And with our teachers, I'm like, no, I, I keep coming back and I watch them because um, getting too comfortable and going rogue and just saying whatever comes to mind because it might be fun or mm-hmm. playful can be really dangerous in a, in a yoga class. So, well, I see a lot of people like in my classes, too, that um, they're fit and they're mm-hmm. strong and they're cardiovascularly fit, but they have bad form and it really risks injury. Yeah. You know, just for anyone to think about like slouching, you know, you're used to sitting in that certain kind of posture. You know, that's kind of like muscle memory and you have to retrain yourself mm-hmm. to sit up straight. Mm-hmm. It's like that for any activity and especially important in yoga and in these types of yoga where you're holding these positions a yeah, long for time. Sure. We're going to go ahead and take our next break. The number is one 672 7464 That's one 877 mpb ring You can also email us with your questions and comments about yoga uh, at, M- at, I'm sorry, at women. At, don't forget that first part. Women at mpbonline.org. This is Dr. Allie Brown on Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio. MPB Think Radio podcast. And we're back on Southern Remedy for Women here on MPB Think Radio. I am Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here today with a good friend of the show, Tara Blumenthal of Tara Yoga. Um, We're talking all about shocker yoga (laughs) that's her last name it's yoga no but we're talking all about yoga um how it's for really for everybody um very hard to find someone maybe that it won't suit i know you have some forms that you sit in a chair for you don't have to be Mm -hmm. getting up and down off the floor and things like that and frankly when we take ourselves out of our comfort zone that's how we make progress Mm -hmm. and um it's not going to happen passively you know you're not going to sit on the sofa and watch TV and get stronger or um, more stable or more functional. So this is something that we deserve to give to ourselves. Um, And it's self-care. So I think that we don't talk about self-care enough. Uh, It's not a wishy-washy sort of uh, mushy thing. It's real. And uh, it's something that's really, really important. 
So making yourself healthier and um, feel better mentally and physically is, is a wonderful gift you can give yourself and, and to your loved ones. I always say bring a friend to your class. If, you're, if it's doing something great for you, maybe you can help change someone else's life as well. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 If you have any questions or comments for Tara, I want to talk to us about um, how yoga has helped you in your fitness journey, in your life journey. You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. During the break, uh, Tara and I were talking about... Uh, something that I found interesting about uh, that you might not necessarily be doing yoga correctly. What is this, the phrase that you just said? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> we were just talking about it. <laughs> uh, we're, well, we're, we're not about even drinking, people. No, I, I swear. I mean, we're, I'm going to We're I'm, buzzed I on each other's company. <laughs> That's right. It's our so energy. Great. It's so good. Uh, well, we talked about a functional um, functional movement. Is that mm-hmm. what you're asking? Well, about how there are lots of wrong ways to do yoga, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, Katie Taylor, again, shout out to Katie if you're listening. Dr. Taylor says it, says it really well. Um, there are, a, a, there's, there's not one right way to do yoga. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, two, I feel like if I'm being honest, there are two paths right now that are extremes in yoga. So there's this one extreme where it's like, um, no holes barred. There's no boundaries. It's, you know, do whatever you want to push, push, push. It's very much kind of a, um, I don't know. It's, it's a, a definitely a, a more adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. perspective. And, um, it's not, not the best way to practice. Right. And then you've got the other, um, path, which is very married to the old way of practicing yoga, old poses, and they have to be done like this. And your foot has to be here and your arm has to be there. And we don't really take either one of those roads. We take the middle path, if you will, kind of like the Goldilocks theory. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, um, there are a lot of different right variations for your body, depending on the day. When you think about it, what you did yesterday informs how you feel today. So I was really sore. Um, let's see. On Wednesday, I did our FM Fit class, and then I did Ann's uh, Slow Flow class. And on Thursday, I was really sore, mm-hmm. right? And that soreness wasn't a bad thing. It was soreness from moving and working in my body, not soreness from being sedentary or overdoing it. And so we, we want to educate people on how to feel in their bodies, what to feel. Like, know, know when you've gone too far. Start to learn healthy boundaries because that's going to actually make you stronger long term. So if you look at it that way... Um, there's not this one right way to do the pose, which is awesome because when you're not feeling it, you can still come in and give us whatever hundred percent you have for that day and still get a lot of benefit. But at the same time, there are some really not healthy ways to practice. There are some forms that aren't safe anatomically or, um, as my, my primary teacher, Jordan Bloom says, risk versus reward. And when you look at some of the poses that ended up in America for people who don't sit on the floor regularly, who we sleep in beds, we sit in chairs, we sit in desks, um, the risk versus the reward for that pose just doesn't, doesn't um, connect. Headstand's a great one. But even um, just the force that people are actually trying to put on their shoulder joints too. Mm-hmm. Like I see a lot of shoulder injuries and um, those could be avoided with, with healthier body mechanics. So there's not necessarily one right way. But when you think about it, remember Goldilocks when she went in, she was like, okay, this bed's too hard. This bed's too soft. This one's just right. And while we don't want you to be lazy in your yoga practice by any means, and you can ask some of our practitioners 
They always feel it the next day. Mm-hmm. But we definitely want to give you permission to reel it back if you're having, especially for someone with fibromyalgia. They may come in and say, I'm having a flare-up day, but I just really wanted to be here and benefit from moving and being in the communities. If I tap out every once in a while, I may do that. We totally give them permission to do that. So a lot of it has to do with we educate you and help you get to know your body better. And that's really a beautiful process. Yeah, that's really nice. And I like you're mentioning the community because that, you know, the any type of group fitness class, so much of it is about yeah. uh, fellowship with others and accountability. Yeah. And uh, it's just a wonderful way to be with other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. We're going to go to the call, uh, to the phone lines. Debbie is calling us from Wesson. Hey, Debbie. Hello, and thank you for your show today. No, thanks. I have a question. Under what situations or conditions, if any, would you first require a doctor's permission to participate in any of your classes? That's a great question, Debbie. I would say all of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, the, we do actually have a lot of doctors and PTs that refer their patients to yoga. But if you haven't been active and um, you you have pain and you've Googled something, not that you would do that, Debbie, you would never Google WebMD, would you? Um, I'm not online. No, but, but I do, um, in all seriousness, I do say if you have pain and you're not sure what's wrong, you should see the doctor first. You should go to your primary care physician and then maybe they can instruct you to um, the the specialist that you need to see. If you have a good yoga instructor and you bring a diagnosis to them, then they will either say to you, hey, this is an okay class for you or this one isn't. And I recommend not doing this class or recommend another class. So um, education for you is really important um, for all the practitioners. So we actually say check in with your doctor. Find out if if he thinks that this is the right uh, right thing for you. Oftentimes, most of the time, 90 probably 95% of the time the doctors will say yes, but maybe proceed with caution. And I will say that there have been a few people with health conditions that just, it just didn't work out for them to practice yoga. And, and you know what, I didn't, I didn't steer them that direction. I said, you know what, go back to um, your doctor or um, perhaps seek out PT because um, there are other modalities that may benefit them more. So we, I love yoga. It's been very powerful for me, but I also respect that everybody's body's different. So I love checking in with the healthcare professional first. The reason I asked this question, because when I was training to be a massage therapist decades ago, mm-hmm. that was one of the requirements for new patients was that they had their doctor's permission. Yeah. We ask that people do that. Um, actually. And I think it's a really good practice. Uh, what we do see sometimes is people that um, are afraid of medicine because they're afraid of what their diagnosis is going to be. I don't know if you're, if you've experienced that in your massage therapy uh, uh, practice I have that myself. or history. <laughs> it's common. It's super common. Um, and you know what, what I say cautiously is once you have a diagnosis, it, it doesn't mean that you have to act immediately. Like if there's something structural and vertebral, obviously, then you should have time to, you know, check out other um, options and ask your doctor, is surgery absolutely necessary? Um, if you go in for, for uh, to your cardiologist and, and he says you need to bypass surgery today, I would listen. I mean, does that make sense? Like, so we just, you do have permission with some of the structural stuff to take time, but I always ask, say, ask the doctor, is this is surgery necessary? But when it is, it's not something that we should play around with because holistic stuff can't, can't uh, hold a, 
an anatomical um, problem. Yeah, yeah, to to um, necessary medicine. So we're definitely not an anti medicine studio, and some complementary. Yeah, therapy. yeah. And so it is really um, important that the people themselves pay attention to their own bodies and consult. Absolutely, and the more information that they know, and the more the information they give us, and the more we can guide them. You know, I've told plenty of people, hey, I'm happy to have you here. I'd like for you to stay away from these poses just for now until you build strength or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I think knowledge is power. A lot of times we think of a diagnosis as a, as, as like the end all be all. Um, and I was really, really lucky and fortunate to um, my both of my parents had terrible medical history. Like uh, I get it terrible on both sides of my family. I lost both my parents when I was very young. And for a long time, I was, I thought I was going to be a product of my genes. You know, I'm either going to die of heart attack or cancer. That's what I thought. And it wasn't until I started educating myself um, anatomically with yoga that I understood that a lot of my aches and pains were muscular, but that's not always the case for everybody. And so what that did for me was it gave me a drive to understand more, you know, about my body and there's a difference between muscular systems versus organs and we have to really take that into consideration. Do you inject a little bit of humor? You have yeah. Well, grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Yeah. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you for your call. It's a great Thanks. point to, to bring up. So if someone is otherwise healthy and doesn't have any aches and pains, I mean, it's probably pretty safe for them to go ahead and yeah, try a class, in. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, when you talk about everyone checking with the doctor, you mean if someone potentially has an issue yeah or if you've been in you know maybe you're older and you've been completely inactive if there's a concern if there's any concern then i would say yes but there's you know most of folks walk in and they come in they have residual muscle pain and they jump into class and they're they're fine and they love it and i like that kind of pain yeah. Well, so here's something. Uh, the not overuse pain, but, yeah. like, but you know, you, you hit something a little different. Uh, my students really have been just a great, a great blessing and informative for me on so many levels because everybody also responds to move it differently. So you can have 15 people in a yoga class and the next day one person's sore in a different spot than the yeah, other. For sure. And then one person may not be sore at all. And they're like, well, did I not get anything from it? Some of it has to do with your own body. But for people that stay chronically sore, that's me. I stay chronically sore. I'm either going to be sore from moving and doing good stuff in my body. So maybe I work the muscle a little bit, but it's not a um, in detrimental pain sore. Mm-hmm, right. But if I don't move, I get dysfunctional sore. Like mm-hmm. I can't hold my head up. My neck and back hurts. And so I'm a candidate. I mean, I'm, I'm a proponent for it because I love it so much, but it, it actually works for me. Yeah. Um, and I've been really cautious, like probably the last five or six years, there's a lot of stuff on online, all these free yoga videos. We don't do those. We just, we have to be cautious with that kind of stuff. I think that's a great point to end on, um, to be responsible. It's over, right? It's like, it goes by so fast. We had such a good time today. Thanks to everyone for calling in and, uh, thank you talking to Tara today. And thank you, Tara, for joining us today and spreading the good word about self-care, about yoga, the importance of incorporating the practice of yoga into your everyday lives and that it's, it's for everybody. Don't be afraid of it. Um, Southern Remedy for Women was produced today by Jay White. Um, I don't know who was our call screener. Was it as Michelle Owens? Michelle. Jay's on the, on, the, on the line thinking about Michelle Owens telling me that Michelle Owens was our call screener. I wish she was out today. But this is Dr. Allie Brown for Michelle Owens. Thank you so much. MPB's here. I'm sorry. NPR's here and now is up next. <laughs>